0: I'm Autumn Lockett.
1: And this is Mitch Randall.
0: And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly.
1: Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. And on this episode, Autumn and I are going to celebrate our 100th episode. We are so excited that you're joining us for this celebration. We're going to talk about our favorite guests, our high points over the last couple of years since we launched Good Faith Weekly. And then later on in the pod, we're going to sit down with our colleagues and talk about these last two years and the launch of Good Faith Media. We had a great time celebrating this hundredth episode with our colleagues, so you're going to want to stay tuned for those interviews. Hey, Autumn, guess what time of year it is?
0: Halloween. No. Thanksgiving? No. It's too early for Christmas, people keep telling me.
1: It is a little too early for Christmas. No, it's the time of year when nonprofits ask for
0: money. You know, Mitch, I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Well, it is an exciting time of year because even here at Good Faith Media, we need to, from time to time, ask our listeners and readers to help support this great effort of keeping this message alive.
0: Yeah, the voices of inclusive people of faith are tragically underrepresented leaving many feeling alone and then we layered in this global pandemic which pushed all of us further into isolation but good faith media provides a space for our voices to unite and impact the world for good
1: and our daily news and opinion pieces provide thoughtful reflection from spiritual and thoughtful leaders around the world
0: our nurturing faith journal is a print magazine that circulates six times a year to churches and households nationwide delivering thoughtful analysis, inspiring features, and Jesus-focused Bible study curriculum.
1: And if you like this podcast, Good Faith Weekly, make certain to subscribe to more exciting and challenging podcasts brought to you by the Good Faith Media Podcast Network. Gather around your device as GFM continues advocating for inclusion for all, justice for all, and freedom for all. You can find more information about this at goodfaithmedia.org forward slash donate autumn 100 happy 100 happy 100 it is so hard to believe it's been a hundred episodes but here we are
0: i know malcolm gladwell look at us now (laughs)
1: that's right (laughs) gladwell i mean what have you done lately
0: But we, we, I feel like we've got to that point where we've done this so much that it's almost second nature.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, it's hard to believe we launched this thing in 2020, early on, the first part of 2020. I think it was around March or so. Um, do you remember those? You know, us yeah, talking like, about
0: is this COVID thing going to be a thing? Remember that? Remember when we had those episodes? Yeah. It turns out, yes, <laughs> yeah. it's be a thing, yeah. very much
1: yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. we said ah, we'll be here. You know, a couple of weeks, uh, then we'll be back to normal, and here we are you're still. (laughs)
0: yeah well you know we kept planning on getting back in studio together right and it just
1: never happened we've
0: we've been able to do it a couple of times um but something i think that i've been really thankful for is during the pandemic especially early days when we didn't really know how it was spread how we could prevent it there was no vaccine people Mm -hmm. were dying 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 and recording this podcast gave me something each week that was sort of a a ritual in a good way, that I was going to get to sit down for 30 minutes, block out the world, and talk with someone who was willing to be strong in their faith, but also hold space for questions. And I just looked so forward to that just moment of almost church that Mm. we spent together each week.
1: Yeah, that was, I want to echo that because just being able to talk to some of the most thoughtful, interesting people known to, to us in our ecosystem has been more joyful than I, can, I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. We were living through such dark days, uh, especially uncertainty uh, in those first few months, not knowing, as you said a moment ago, what this virus was going to do and how it was spread, but being able to connect not only with our guests, but with our audience, because we'd get feedback from people. Oh, we heard you interview so-and-so, heard you and Autumn talk about this topic or that. It was just, it's been, it's been life-giving, Autumn. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the midst of darkness and death, it's been life and light-giving to me. And uh, it's, it's been great, been a great experience.
0: It has. And it's also, you know, the pandemic has set up and, you know, just these two years of trying to decide, is this a safe person to have in my life? Are we... You know, are we working together for social justice or are you working against me? That kind of thing. There have been a lot of of like boundaries and walls and borders put up. And some of those are good. Like we have to put up some some boundaries in relationships. Something that I've appreciated about Good Faith Weekly is that it really has dropped some of those more formal boundaries. You know, you and I have interviewed some people who are, you know, judges and professors and book authors and just movers and shakers. And they'll, you know, comment on my kid's Halloween costume in the background (laughs) of the closet or, you know, a child will run in and there's this like this gentle moment. We've had guests who've had their children pop on and Mm -hmm. just the shared humanity that we've been able to experience together has been really special.
1: So, over the last 100 episodes, what are some of your favorite moments uh that come to mind when you think about the show?
0: Oh, goodness. I knew you were going to ask that. I um it, it's it's been really interesting, I think, to talk to people um like Beth Allison Barr, like Amber Schmidtke. Um, like Judge Wendell Griffin, like um, Jeremy Coleman, you know, we've had some, some people who are really pushing professional and faith boundaries and asking those hard questions. And some of them are paying the price for it. And I think I have really In 2016, this is—I was talking about this in Sunday school a few weeks ago over a Tony Cartledge curriculum. I felt like in 2016 I was sort of an angry volcano um, when everything went down. You know, at the time I was working in higher ed, and I had DACA students coming into my office just in tears, like I don't know if I'm right. going to be able to finish my degree. Uh, my heart was broken in 2016, as many of ours was were, and. I was not a safe place for someone who had a dissenting voice. I was not. Um, I was mad. And I think over the course of doing this work and watching people who are way more mature (laughs) in their lives than I am and how they're able to handle these so tricky situations but still be a place where they can land, I just think that carving out this safe space has been really important and has been really good work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I can remember. You. You know, I was I was thinking about that myself. Um, you know, I can remember the time where we had a local pastor down on the border who was at the border, uh, in the process of doing border work when uh, immigrants were migrating from Central America to mm-hmm. the U.S. Mexico border, and we talked to him via phone to hear not only about his work, but the stories of the people he was uh, ministering to. And it was just so inspirational. It was like, this is what this show can do. It can tell these stories. It can amplify these stories that may have gone untold otherwise to show real-time ministry unfolding and real-time needs being exposed. You mentioned Amber Schmidke. She has been a guest uh, on the show numerous times now. She's an epidemiologist. I can finally say that word after 100
2: episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and just being able to, to educate, to be a trusted source of information as she would tell us what the numbers meant variants that were coming out, uh, and this was early on, talking about mm-hmm. the potential of variants as it would, the virus was going to morph once it lost the ability to infect more hosts. And so, you know, it was just to have a microphone, to have an outlet that says, yes, this too is part of my faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This too is part of my faith, that my worldview is so Jesus-centric, that it touches every fabric of the world that i live in so whether that's pandemic whether that's uh you know calling out insurrectionists whether that's denouncing white supremacy whether that is trying to stand up for racial justice these moments in this show have been extremely important not only to me personally but i think to the the overall um the, the overall conversation that's happening out there in the public uh uh, square that needs to happen we're, we're part of that conversation and, and we're trying to bend that arc mm-hmm. of history towards justice as Dr. King inspired us to do so it's just it's been it's been great now I'm going to say this and I'm going to get really sappy here for a second but another highlight for me has been flipping on the microphone and flipping on zoom and seeing you at the other end
0: Well, sometimes it was better than others, I'll just tell you. Uh, staggered mama four on the other end.
1: (laughs) But, you know, seeing you in your cloth as you call it, and you've been through some stuff this last couple of years yourself. And you've been open and honest about that. Um, you've been very genuine, genuine and authentic, and I not only have our listeners appreciated it, but I appreciated it. Um, when you're a pa- when you're a pastor and minister, you kind of live in a fishbowl, and you get used to kind of sharing your life and people analyzing your life all the time. But you came out of public ed. You, you I mean. You had a tinge of ministry many years ago. <laughs> ministry uh, adjacent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, over the last two years, you have invited the audience into your life, and people have been inspired by your story. They've been challenged by your words. And it's been a good thing. It's been a beautiful thing to see. So thank you for bringing it every week.
0: Mm. Well, and I've been, It's been exciting for me because, you know, you— Whenever you took the job with Ethics Daily, you were our pastor and our, you know, great friend and all those fun things, too. And so getting to have... You were a little bit
1: mad at me back then.
0: I was very sad at you, (laughs) as Ingrid would say. I was very sad. I was also postpartum, so there was a lot lot going on. There was a
3: lot going Um, on.
0: We were very sad. And at the time, it was like, were y'all going to move? Are you going to leave? And so we were, we were, you know, just sad. But it's been nice to be able to have these pulpit moments with you because I think, you know, you had been our pastor for twelve years, and um, you know, going through life and being able to bounce ideas of what was going on in the world off of you, um, was was really life giving for me. And I think it's been so neat to be able to share that. I kind of pause the sermon and ask you a question, you know, <laughs> in right. this podcast. Would you
1: for you now, wanted to do that for several years while I was your I pastor. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it's really sweet because you know we have church members who have moved sort of all over the place. And uh, we have one in uh, in Oregon. Shout out Tara. I know she's a listener. And, you know, she wouldn't normally be able to still be in your congregation, but we all sort of still are. So that's really sweet.
1: Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Well, we do why we, we do what we do because of our listeners and our colleagues. And we Here in a little bit, uh, Autumn and I sat down with uh, six of those colleagues to talk about the launch of Good Faith Media and what they have appreciated about uh, this organization as well as a look into the future. But another reason we do what we do is because we believe in an inclusive Christianity. We believe in an inclusive gospel when, even more precisely, we actually believe what Jesus said. That's crazy talk. <laughs> That's just crazy. We actually, talk. you know, are trying to follow his example in the gospels. And Autumn, please don't edit this out because when I say it, you're probably going to say, oh, he misspoke. Okay. But I mean it. For the first time in many, many years, I agree with Donald Trump Jr.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to let that one sit for a minute because I don't really know what you mean.
1: <laughs> this week in The Atlantic, there is a story about Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr. And he has a lot to say that was honest about their worldview. And his words were, and I'm going to paraphrase, were basically this. Jesus has been holding the GOP back. We need to be more ruthless. That turn the other cheek nonsense is
2: nonsense. He just basically said what we've been saying for years now Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. to believe
1: in this extreme right wing movement that is not based in Christianity and it's certainly not based in Jesus.
0: And you, we know it doesn't speak for all Republicans. Right. That's no, no. That's the thing. Exactly. We know it doesn't. Exactly. So why, why are so many people acting like it does?
1: But to believe in this and to advocate for it and to implement it means you have to de-emphasize. And as Trump Jr. said, you basically have to obliterate Jesus from your worldview because he gets in the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Think about ba- that for a moment. The Balaam's donkey of it all. Which... <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, Balaam. Uh, the donkey <laughs> just spoke to us. That's exactly right. Um, you know, but just think about that for a second. There is a mm-hmm. movement that claims to be this moral high ground that has to get rid of Jesus in order to accomplish their goals.
0: There was yeah. There's another group of people that had to get rid of Jesus to accomplish their world goals. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there it was. Didn't go so well. It did not. No. But that's that's why we do what we do because yeah. we have this Jesus Jesus centric, this Jesus worldview ideology and mindset that we call him Lord, we call him Savior. We believe everything that Jesus said, and we try to follow every example that Jesus set before us. We don't always get it right. We admit no. that. But he is the center of our universe, and he's certainly the center of our faith. And so to, to, to get up each and every week to come to this mic, to pick up a computer, keyboard, and start writing, it's because that we believe in this person that we call Jesus. And as our colleague Johnny Pierce says, we need to have not a biblical worldview, but a Jesus worldview. And that's what we're trying to do at Good Faith Media.
0: Radical love, radical inclusion, radical justice, and and love. I mean love. That's some, you know, it's just the recurring theme of all these sort of end-of-year rap things that we've been doing is that it's it's at the center of it, it's love and light and excited to continue being a conduit of that. Yeah.
1: Well, Autumn, it's been a pleasure. 100 episodes. I cannot believe it. Uh, I cannot wait for the next 100 episodes. We're going to get right back into it next week. As, uh, next year! Next, Yeah, next week is next year. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, the one-year anniversary of the insurrection at the United States Capitol that took place on January sixth, two 2021. And uh, we'll have some guests uh, on the show to talk about that as we begin a brand new year in 2022. But right now, you and I got to sit down with our colleagues, and it was a blast. Mm -hmm. So listeners, stay tuned because you're in for a treat. Uh, We think we have the best team in the world, and in the next uh, 20, 30 minutes or so, you're going to find out exactly why. So stay tuned.
4: I'm Starlet Thomas, and I invite you to join us for Good Faith Stories. It's a new podcast series from Good Faith Media. In each episode of Good Faith Stories, we'll bring you a collection of different stories tied to a theme, unique and true stories as told by the people who live them. Each story is short, six or seven minutes, with a little mood music. Listen to Good Faith Stories wherever you get your podcasts, and find us online at goodfaithmedia.com.
1: Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly, and we are continuing our celebration of our 100th episode here at Good Faith Weekly. It's hard to believe it's been 100 episodes as we launched Good Faith Weekly back in early 2020 when the pandemic first broke. But here we are, and we thought we would invite some of our colleagues to help celebrate this momentous occasion. And so with us uh, this morning is Johnny Pierce, who is our executive editor for Good Faith Media, Cliff Vaughn, who's our media producer, and Starlet Thomas, who is the director of our Raceless Gospel Initiative. So welcome to the pod, you three.
5: Thank you. Thanks. Well,
1: Thanks, one, 100 episodes. It's hard to believe that uh, we have been taking some away. Some of
0: you may be doing some math and wondering how since March of 2020 <laughs> could we have crammed 100 episodes Well, friends, I tell you that in the beginning, Mitch was so ambitious that we would often do two episodes a week. That's right. Two. Once we even did three episodes in one week because we had nothing else to do. (laughs) That's
1: right. Man, I remember that. And uh, of course, Uh it was pretty easy for me because I was just uh, lining up guests, hitting record. His talent is
0: always ready.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I I'm didn't.
0: editing late into the night. Cliff knows. Cliff
5: knows what this is like. He is a man of many talents. Yeah. He is a man of many talents. Uh, and okay.
2: Words. And uh, words.
1: I know. <laughs> Autumn's there late at night in her her closet, uh, editing away with coffee and cigarettes dangling out of her mouth, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. trying to get this it thing done. Twizzlers, Mitch. Come on. Okay. Uh, well, you know, not only did we, you know, we're celebrating hundred. Uh, episodes here Good Faith Weekly, but also we're celebrating uh, Good Faith Media because uh, good, the launch of Good Faith Weekly really coincided with Good Faith Media and uh, was an exciting time over the last uh, couple of years for us now, even though we launched it during the pandemic. So, Johnny, let's begin with you. I mean, tell us a little bit about your excitement uh, when we finally decided to launch Good Faith Media.
2: One of the things I've noticed is that Media is one of those plural terms that sometimes gets treated as if it's singular. But I think it's really important to emphasize the fact that Good Faith Media is a multimedia platform. And both of the organizations that form Good Faith Media brought experience and expertise to particular areas of of media. Uh, Nurturing Faith was accustomed to doing uh, publishing in print as well as digital with Nurturing Faith Journal and Bible Studies as uh, well as book publishing. And uh, Ethics Daily uh, had real expertise that uh, Cliff has led for a long time in producing uh, video in various uh, long and short formats as well as being able to do podcasts and then together, of course, we uh, brought a digital or online presence with news and analysis and all of that that has simply expanded in every way uh, since we formed Good Faith Media. So I think the most obvious uh, benefit to the formation of Good Faith Media is that we have brought together the mediums that we were already doing. We have added some new ones and we've expanded on the existing ones. So I think that we as Good Faith Media are really greater than the sums of our parts and what we're able to offer. And I would add one more thing, that that is only possible because of the outstanding teamwork that we've experienced at Good Faith Media. And one of the things I say to friends of our previous organization, who I want to retain as close friends of Good Faith Media, is this was the best idea, at the best possible time, and that things are going really well. And I want you to know that the teamwork really does work.
1: I'm so glad you said that because, you know, anytime you bring two organizations together, there's there's bound to be maybe some friction, but in this case, everything went swimmingly and it was though we had been working together for years. And, uh, that is just a testament to the, the, um, the, the, the humility, the creativity, the passion that, all of our team members have. They're just, they're just outstanding and it's been an outstanding couple of years. So thanks uh, for saying that Johnny. Now, Cliff, you are a media producer and when the pandemic broke, you were primarily working on video. And so we decided to take your camera away (laughs) and say, here is a soundboard. Go create podcast. Uh, So how's that been? I mean, kind of making a shift. I mean, we're still doing video, uh, just doing it more creatively. But the shift from focusing primarily on video to creating podcast, how was that for you?
5: I've really loved the podcasts and that's not something that I would have guessed about myself because I had grown up a fan of motion pictures and video and documentary. And so that was really my interest and it still is a great interest of mine, but I will have to say that I mean, for years, people have said it's, it's about the story. It's about the story. It's about the story. And that's true. When your camera is taken away and you're, um, left with only audio, um, I've come to, I think, I hope, a greater appreciation for the power of just audio only and how that too is so capable of telling a multifaceted story. And sometimes these are short stories that people can tell in in the context of an interview. Uh, And sometimes they're long form stories, but I have really taken to the, the platform, the medium, the approach, the possibilities. I still have a lot to learn. But I have, um, it's it's been a, one of those weird things in which the pandemic has opened up an opportunity um, that I've tried to be open to. And so I hope I have embraced it. I really enjoyed it.
1: So, I mean, you, we have produced over this last couple of years, not only Good Faith Weekly, but a plethora of other uh, podcasts, some that are, Uh, Our own productions, others that we worked with, with, partner organizations. So what are some of the highlights over the last couple of years producing podcasts for you?
5: Well, certainly working on Brother Molly, which I've been working on for you know well over a year prior to when it came out. About the time the pandemic launched, I love the long form stuff, whether it's video or whether it's podcast. This year we're going to be, or this coming year in twenty twenty two, we're going to be working on another long form narrative podcast on the history of Second Baptist Church in Little Rock. Starlett and I are going to be working on that, and I'm really I've been working doing background research on it for months. Uh, we're going to start production hopefully in January. We've got some trips planned, so I'm excited about that. But I love the long-form stuff because you, you engage issues, people, concepts, trends, uh, and how you feel about them today. You might feel about them differently six months from now, or you might have, you will have likely new information. And this is not to say that, that we can't do things quickly. Obviously, we do. We do them in 24-hour cycles or faster, and that's important. But I still think there's also an opportunity and a place and some real insight that comes from spending a year or two with something and 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 tracing that narrative and that arc Mm. and that's not to say last thing i'll say about it is that's not to say okay you spend a year or some a year on something or two years on something and therefore you quote unquote get it right no if you spent two more years with it it would be shaded a little bit differently Uh, but the long form process does yield something that's different and important in my opinion
1: Absolutely. Well said. Well, when we launched Good Faith Media back in 2020, uh, Starlet Thomas was not on staff. In fact, she was employed by another organization, Um, but she worked uh, with us writing incredible columns uh, for our news and opinion section, and she was just an incredible contributor. Well, in the back of our mind, though, we just thought, uh, you know, if an opportunity ever arose to bring Starlet aboard, let's uh, jump on that. Well, that opportunity arose, and within about two hours of that news breaking, I got two phone calls. One was from Cliff. The other was from a board member uh, that we love, has been a, a, a guest on the pod, the Dr. Kevin Hefner, and both of them said, hire Starlet, hire her now. Do whatever you need to to get her. <laughs> so we extended... I talked
0: to Kevin two weeks ago, and he was still... No, no, Starlet, we're good, right? She's good. She's <laughs> he's such your fan. So, we, yes, abs- Kevin, Dr. Kevin Habner, Starlet is here. You can hear it straight from her. She's here and she's happy. That's right.
3: Well,
1: we uh, extended an invitation to Reverend Thomas and she accepted, and we have launched. Um, after her years of experience developing this concept, the Raceless Gospel Initiative here at Good Faith Media, and we are just thrilled that she came on a board, came on board, and has been doing incredible work trying to dismantle the concept of race. And so, Starlet, thanks for joining the team. So, tell us a little bit about those, you know, that decision. How did how did you decide? Yeah, I want to be a part of this organization
4: it's definitely because I'd already had previous experience with you all. Like I'd seen Mitch in the Bahamas doing that hard work for the Lord. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Cliff and I were <laughs> suffering for Jesus down oh, the Bahamas. Lord,
4: under the Bahamian sun, you know, and I just, I felt all <laughs> the glimmer of Christ in your eye. So I'd already,
0: you know... <laughs> it was suntan oil, Starlet. It was suntan oil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, i would already had some experience with, with Mitch and with, with, uh, Mitch, with Cliff, uh,
4: in ministry work, but I'd also been writing, as you had mentioned with Zach and we had, we just had a great working relationship. Um, I, the, the ability to, as a creative, as, as all of us are, the ability to work across platforms is incredibly alluring. It's what Johnny said, like the fact that I can play with words in so many ways. And, and if you can't think of a way Mitch will think of a way for you. You will have an idea. You know, I was wondering if we could, and then before you know it, you have a podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and then I was thinking, um, and I'll be right back and I want you to interview these. He just makes it happen <laughs> in a way that uh, I'm just invited to stretch, to grow, to play around with words, to, um, to push beyond the limits of what I have imagined. It, it, it would be, it would be difficult. It would be, uh, be ludicrous not to say, to say, yes, I have stretched as a person um, and I I have to really harp on the, uh, the, the option to the invitation to um, imagine. Well, the podcast
1: is absolutely outstanding. You and Cliff have done remarkable work in developing the Raceless Gospel Pod. Uh, If you're not a subscriber, you need to be. Go hit subscribe right now. But Starlet, uh, since you joined the team, we have been able to travel to some really incredible places and have some really moving experiences. And I want to focus in on our trip to Tulsa uh, to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. That was an extremely powerful trip. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your reaction to that trip. Uh, now that you know we're several months away from it,
4: thought about it the other day. Just did. I'm all, I'm always studying race and reading about race, and I was reading a history book on race and what race does to us, what white supremacist structures do to us, and it immediately I immediately went back to that. Um, I remember us coming upon having the conversation. I said the anniversary is approaching, um, and it was an immediate yes, we will go. and so having the the opportunity to go and stand in the space and be in the place at that exact time um, does is 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 a deep. A deep work for me. It's a soul work for me. I am working out my salvation from race. So to be afforded those opportunities to go into spaces that have been racialized and where human beings have, have, been, have been brutalized in that way, that is healing, transformative work that I hope we're communicating to our audience. And it's still very moving to me. I'm still very moved by it. Um, and if you all have not seen the coverage of that, please visit that as well. Um, go to those sacred spaces. We have initiative where we do that. We go to these sacred spaces um, where acts of violence have been committed, and we pray over those spaces. We name those interactions. We say those persons' names. At least in my experience, when I'm taking you guys to where I, what I consider sacred spaces, it is where blood has been shed and where that blood is crying for the from the ground. To me, I feel like it's calling me to come and say their name and then just to eulogize them, however long or even briefly. Um, so for me, going to Tulsa. Um, highlight
1: of my life. Well, Thanks. Well, it was an incredible trip. Well, I just want to thank all three of you for joining us on the pod to celebrate the 100th episode of Good Faith Weekly. But before we let you go, Autumn, always ask our guests. Uh, a question that is associated with our tagline here at Good Faith Media. And here's what I want you to do. Let's frame it a little bit this time. I want you to think about the future. I mean, we've got two years under our belt here, almost almost two years under our belt here at Good Faith uh, Media. But let's dream a little bit as uh, she asks the final question. So, Autumn, why don't you uh, take it away and ask our question?
0: Sure. So our tagline, as all of you know and live out every single day, our tagline at Good Faith Media is there's more to tell. So, Johnny, I'll start with you and then Cliff and then Starlet, you can, you can bring in the benediction. Uh, what is your more to tell?
2: Intriguing, insightful, inspiring stories are everywhere. Often they are tucked away, but they are everywhere. And I've had this dream on occasions over the past 22 years as editor of this journal. Oh, no, there's nothing else to write about. And that is a ridiculous uh, uh, feeling because it's not based on reality. The reality is these stories are everywhere. Let's go find them.
5: Love that. I was reading a book on grief the other day and there was a quote from Willa Cather and it said, where there is great love, there are always miracles. And so the other day we were talking and I was talking about love, which is something I think about uh, a lot uh, and what that looks like manifested. Uh, And so trying to think about love, not in that kind of kumbaya, wishy-washy way, although that's helpful and nice sometimes but also love as a a powerful force that helps us engage constructively the the problems uh, that we have. And so if it's true that where there is great love, there are always miracles, then that's a hopeful word for me that I'm carrying into 2022. Mm. Love that.
1: And Reverend Thomas, bring us home.
4: No pressure. No, my thought is this, um, that there's a kingdom coming and that while we are hyper-divided, is hyper politicization. We're being pulled to each extreme that it will all come together. That if we reach, if we just grab hold of one hand of one mm. person, just one day, one week for one moment, that it will all come together. That we will all come together. And it's, it's that force that Cliff is talking about. Mm. It's, it's love. Mm. You'll just take the leap of faith and believe in love just one more time. And if you knew my story, you, you, if you knew my story, you, you, would, you, would, you would do it mm-hmm. um, because it takes great hope. It takes great faith to love in the midst of hate, to love mm-hmm. in the midst of division, to love when everything is pushing and pulling against the opportunity to come together. And so my word is that it will all come together, not because of one political party or the other, but in the name of, by the force of, and by the grace of love.
1: Hmm. Amen. 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 Well, on behalf of the organization, and I think I can speak for Autumn, we just counted an honor each and every day to wake up and work alongside such talented individuals like yourself. Thank you for making Good Faith Weekly a great podcast. And thank you for making Good Faith Media such an inspiring organization to work for. It's because of you, we are able to get up and do what we do. So thank you very much for all that you bring to the table.
2: Thank you. Thank you and happy new year.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, to our audience, stay tuned because uh, Autumn and I are going to bring three more of our colleagues uh, into the pod and talk a little bit about uh, their time with Good Faith Media and what they are dreaming about in the future. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly, and we are joined by three more of our colleagues here at Good Faith Media, Bruce Gorley, Tony Cartledge, and Elisa Adalpe. We are so excited to have you on the pod as we celebrate, we continue to celebrate our 100th episode. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. We had three more of our colleagues earlier on uh, on the show and they were delightful and uh, we're just it's just fun to, to be around some really good people and to work alongside good people like yourselves and so we're thankful for each and every one of you so Tony let's start with you Tony's on the road actually today so you may hear a siren or two in the background but uh, Tony let's just start with you and' You know, we've started Good Faith Media. It was a merger, as we've already talked about, between Nurturing Faith and Ethics Daily. But what has been meaningful for you as Good Faith Media has launched and we are where we are now? Well,
2: I suppose the biggest thing is the idea of being a part of the, something larger, something with a wider reach that uh, can communicate with people. instead of just writing a blog whenever I felt like it uh, formed it to Basically writing a column of maybe uh, in addition to the other things that I write for American Space and uh, beyond that the biggest change is a lot more staff meeting. <laughs>
1: Uh, true that. Well, you know, Tony, your columns are always well received, uh, you know, with your Bible studies that are in the journal. Uh, just hard to believe you've written so many lessons over the course of these years. But uh, one of the things that was really surprising to us uh, as uh, we started to take over the administration of the journal was I don't know if you know this, but you've got a huge fan club out there. I mean, you're kind you're of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal, Tony. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. people call it, mm-hmm. you know, they say, hey, the d- d- Tony Cartledge, she is amazing, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just makes me think each and every week. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know he's great, and all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, you do a great job, and we're just so thankful for everything that you do. Now, on the other side of things, we get phone calls all the time, you know, say, you know, that Bruce Gordley, man, he really uh, irked me this year, or this uh, this month, because he was so provocative. Uh, no, I'm kidding, Bruce. Uh, people love you as well. So Bruce uh, oversees our book publishing division, as well as our experience coordinator, bringing people to uh, Montana, uh, Yellowstone National Park, Glacier National Park, and other national parks across, it just does a great job doing that. Well, Bruce, you've been with us now for quite some time. So tell us a little bit about your experience with Good Faith Media. What is some of the highlights for you working for this organization?
3: Well, it's great to be a part of an expensive organization that is increasingly inclusive, um, that has a, a broad reach, um, even beyond um our own worlds sometimes um and it's it's really wonderful to see that um it, during the pandemic era i have to say that that i have really enjoyed the the relatively few opportunities we've had together together in small groups um with our experiences especially uh, out here in the west and it was i think for all of us who participated especially meaningful um During this, these past two years with Good Faith Media, um, to be able to meet in person, to to, together in person, to have conversations out in nature, Um, really enjoyed Autumn and Missy being introduced to Good Faith experiences. It was amazing.
0: It was amazing. That trip is the high people are like, what's the highlight of your year? I'm like, glacier for sure. Like (laughs) specifically hiking up to the glacier, even though I was terrified. I don't think I've ever been that sweaty in my whole life and not just from the exertion (laughs) from the nerves, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, you're just an artful guide and like push people in all the right ways. And just the way that you bring that, that little, you know, community together when we're on that experience is so meaningful.
3: So glad you were able to join us. Look forward to you joining us again next year for some experiences. Aloha. We, yes, <laughs> that's right, Hawaii. And Mitch, it was good to see you, to, to have you out here in Montana as well. Yeah, absolutely. On one of our weeks.
1: Well, if you have not uh, signed up for one of our experiences, you need to do so. Go to goodfaithmedia.org, check out what's going to happen in 2022. Bruce, as Autumn said, is an incredible guide and just a master at doing it. And so uh, it it was a a great time uh, being up with you and others uh, at Yellowstone, and Missy just kept talking about how much fun she had with you in Glacier. So uh, appreciate uh, you leading uh, that part of our organization. But there's also a a moment in the last couple of years, Bruce, I want to talk about, it's. It's. I don't want to get too deep into the woods or be too much of a downer, but the January sixth uh, insurrection last year uh, prompted us and to to act and to say something.
0: This year was this. year. It was this it year. Feels like last year. It I does. Feels like it was ten thousand yeah.
1: years. Like when, when, when James Madison was president. <laughs> Biden Biden
0: a picture of the of Bernie at the inauguration with his little mittens on and they're like this wasn't even a year ago it feels like it was 10 years ago time is just it's it's a weird circle right now Jeremy Jeremy
1: absolutely well that was a pivotal moment not only in American history but for us as an organization because us as well as other organizations that we partner with felt the need to respond and the way we chose to do so is to ask you a historian to talk about the history of white Christian nationalism. And so we put on a couple of webinars with some partnering organizations, and you did a brilliant job. And that's inspired you to even do more work in this area. So tell us a little bit about that.
3: Uh, yes, I, I recently um, finished a lifelong learning course at Montana State University on Christian nationalism, which was, um, it was eye-opening to many people uh, here in Bozeman. And I'm working on a book as well um, on on this subject. It is a pivotal moment. It's a, we are at a, uh, we're still at a tipping point, I think, in terms of uh, democracy as we know it, perhaps democracy at all Mm -hmm. in America. And um, our work, I think, in seeking to, Mitch, you talk about Christian nationalism as well. You did a talk with Baptist History and Heritage Society, and I think in other venues, perhaps you have as well. It's important, I think, that we address this. Um, one of the uh, one of the things of the of the many things that worry me uh, during this era. Um, it, there seems to be almost it, it's interesting that there's not as much discourse about this as one would think there would be after an, after an insurrection took place. Mm-hmm. Um, this was treason, basically, against our democracy, against our constitution. And some want to forget it, to marginalize it, to reinterpret it, whatever, to dismiss it. That that must not be the case. And I think we, as—although Christian nationalism, I always stress, is not necessarily Christian. Right, that's <laughs> um, exactly right. We, as Christians, certainly have—I uh, think we have an obligation to address this, uh, to seek to respond to it. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate all the work that you've done over the last year since January 6th, also work that you've done previously, uh, and looking forward to what's going to come next uh, as we continue to stand up and speak out against this atrocity, not only towards democracy, but the harm it's causing towards the, uh, towards the gospel itself. And so, thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, when we started Good Faith Media— we did not have the pleasure of working with elisa adalpe but there was a so we moment we
0: got there as quickly
1: as as we quickly could. as we could that's exactly right i was telling star in the last segment the same thing i said you know there have been people that i have come into contact with over the 20 something years i've been doing ministry that i think in the back of my head one of these days if i'm lucky i'll get to work with that person and one of those persons Is you, Elisa, and I am so thrilled that you joined us to be a contributing uh, collaborator here at Good Faith Media. And so, what's it meant to you uh, coming in? uh, You know, halfway through the launch of this thing, and um, and and uh, you know, you come from a uh, like many of us do, a local church background, and and now you're 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 doing this kind of work. So, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience so far.
6: Yeah. So Mitch, you might remember the, the March that the world turned upside down, if you will, y'all, you were at first Baptist um, in DC and everyone was like, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to get a flight home. Mm -hmm. Um, Should we even be in this room together? Right.
1: right?" Yeah. Yeah. It broke Um, out. You and I were, this is going to sound really strange, breathing the same air when the pandemic broke.
6: (laughs) I remember having like, just, just remembering conversations of not even like, the conversations itself, but like people being close to each other, going, "Hey, so what's your church doing on Sunday?" <laughs> and like the fact that we were that close, going, "Hey, what is your church doing on Sunday?" Exactly. I was like, oh my God, we really stood that close to each other back then. Um, Yeah, no, I, you know, I remember the launch of Good Faith Media, and you know, it was it was one of those moments. You know, you, like the world is just is is just, everything is just so uncertain, right? And then you have a group of people who who say, okay, we know we don't know what, you know, two weeks are what's gonna happen in two weeks, what's gonna happen in two months, and yet to stay faithful to this collaboration and to this partnership um and to continue forward. Um I think it was really cool one from the outside watch like reading um and seeing the projects that y'all, you know, y'all were taking on. Um, it felt very different. And, and I think in a time of, you know, I've, I always say this now in the, you know, during this pandemic, everyone has had more time to be at home, more time to sit with their thoughts and to pay really close attention to the things that have just been the status quo for so long. Um, mm-hmm. When you notice people doing things differently or more thoughtfully, you pay attention. Yeah. Um, and that was good faith media for me. And so um, when I had the opportunity, um, to do, to work with y'all, you know, that, that wasn't, I mean, it was a very scary step, but it was also one that I knew that this was, um, an organization that I would be really proud to work alongside, um, because of the thoughtful writing, the, um, the way that y'all are intentional about bringing diverse voices, um, and not in a way that says, you know, oh, we're diverse for diverse for diversity's sake but to honestly ask ourselves you know what what is it that we that has been the status quo that no longer that we need to disrupt mm. um, and for good faith media to do that and do it well and honestly and intentionally um, is a breath of fresh air for me um, Whoa. So that is what Good Faith Media has meant to me. Um, and to get to be a part of it, you know, it, having the jacket is like having the good, the members only jacket that I might be
1: You, you, <laughs> you know, lettered, Elisa. You, you you lettered here at uh, Good Faith Media. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, we are certainly glad you joined us and to be a part of uh, this incredible team that we have here at Good Faith Media. Now, recently, you and your fiance, and I say that with a big grit on my face, congratulations. We all uh, have.
0: Our sunglasses on, so we're not blinded by your beauty. Yes, I hope <laughs> my ring light
1: doesn't just with <laughs> you. <time>. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were featured in the Washington Post uh, in a story that uh, just talked about how difficult this pandemic has been on all clergy, and you were very open and honest about uh, your experience. And you know, it I appreciate you know, you and, and Nick uh, letting that reporter uh, in in your life and, and, and just kind of talk a little bit about your experience. But, you know, how has it been difficult for our clergy? And you voiced it very well in the post. Uh, but for our audience, just kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about your thoughts. I mean, this has been this has been a tough two years.
6: Yeah. um, So first of all, now I get why my mom's always said to keep your house just a little bit cleaner than you want it to be. (laughs) Because then before you know it, there's a photographer and a Washington Post journalist coming in and you're yelling,
2: Nick, throw everything in the closet. (laughs) Uh
6: And so lesson learned now, now I know. Um, Yeah. So I, I, it was, you know, that is, that is not, I think it's not an easy space to be in as a, you know, as a journalist, who goes in and like, Hey, this very vulnerable thing. Let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. to share that space with somebody who is still processing. And I mean, for all three of the, of the pastors and ministers who she interviewed, um, I mean, each of us had our own story that we're still, you know, still processing and still, um, unpacking. And, um, you know, and, and I think what you can convey in writing, right. Cause it's not always, you know, you can't always get sure. the full, sure. the full effect. But, um, for me, I think it, it one, it was helpful for me to just, you know, remind myself that did happen and I did make that brave step, mm-hmm. which was not easy and it was very scary and sad. But knowing that other people could read that and know they weren't alone, um, or knowing that I, I think for so many in traditional church ministry, there has been this idea that we have to give of ourselves and give and give and give. And being tired is just part of the job and mm-hmm. um never never separating your pastoral identity from your personal identity that you'd like you're not allowed um and i think it's at a certain point during the pandemic i think so many um had to ask themselves wait a minute is this normal is that normal is this normal um on top of a pandemic and the different views about how we should come at it and then what happened you know in summer of 2020 with the demonstrations and the protests um and then January 6th and uh-huh. then the election like the election in January 6th and and all of these things and um and if you i think for me the qu- the bigger question was if i cannot have if i cannot be as, as thoughtful and help persuade not persuade but guide my my people Mm -hmm. through any of these things in the before times and it's not really conveying it now in a way that I hoped it would um I mean you ask you have to ask hard questions of what you know how is how is my gift being used or how am I using my calling now um Mm -hmm. and yeah you have to ask hard questions and so to be able to to help others know that they weren't alone in asking those questions um and making those really scary and hard decisions um that i i know if somebody if for anybody else who would have been on there that would have been helpful for me sure. um, well i really
1: of, appreciate yeah. what you and nick had to say uh, in the post uh, i think it was a great help for many many people across the country and uh, our, our our clergy are, are are still struggling there are people out there yeah. who are who are over their head. And like you said, it's hard to believe just in this last two years, everything that happened in the last two years happened within a pandemic. And so yeah. uh, so thank yeah. you for being bold and brave and honest and genuine. We really appreciate it. Well, you three are incredible colleagues. Autumn and I are so fortunate to wake up each and every morning knowing that you are walking alongside us, and we appreciate you immensely as we continue celebrating this 100th episode of Good Faith Weekly. But before we let you go, Autumn, ask one last question to all of our guests. She's been doing it for 100 episodes, so why stop now? Uh, And it has to do with our motto. So, Autumn, take it away.
0: Yes, as you all know and actively participate with us in the process of practicing this at Good Faith Media, our motto is, there's more to tell. So as we look ahead um, to 2022, no whammies, no whammies, uh, what is your more to tell? We'll go Tony, Bruce, and then Elisa, you'll be our benediction. Tony, for me,
2: there's more to tell because there's always more to learn. And as long
1: as there's more to learn, more to tell. Wow, that was so professorial. That was outstanding. <laughs> I love that, Tony. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. So, Bruce, you're up.
3: Uh, there's more to tell. I think there's there's more that we hope to experience in the years ahead. Good, positive. And um, I look forward to more. And I've said this previously, Autumn. I just said it on a moment on the last time. Um, but I, I look forward to, uh, to more good faith uh, with good people. And great experiences that we have at GFM mm-hmm. and to have some new folks with us next year.
1: I love that. Thanks, Bruce. And Reverend Adolpe, bring home the benediction.
6: Good. Um, so I had this uh the history professor in undergrad who helped me kind of um like reimagine narratives that were told. And the way he he framed it was um asking who gets to, who gets to say the story, right? Who has, who gets to, sh- to hold control over the narrative and more who has the power. Um, and so for me, it is always about who, who has the power, which we know we all have power in our own ways, but how do we relinquish some when others need to shine theirs? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and if we truly believe that God is a God of abundance, then we have to believe that in how we practice sharing our power. Um, and so for me, the story there's more to tell is that there are always more people who we, who we share a power with and, um, for more stories to be told, we have to be willing, um, to relinquish some of our own power and some of our own narrative for those that have often gone untold. I love
1: that. And that is a great way to bring this home. I love sharing power with all of you and to receive the power that you give me is, just so inspirational. So thank you so much for her helping us celebrate this 100th episode, and more so, thank you for contributing to this great work of the gospel that we're doing here while we're on this, this rock of ours. So thank you for all that you do.
2: Thanks, Mitch.
6: You bet.
1: Well, Autumn, that's a wrap on 100 episodes. What do you think? That's right. That's pretty good. Yeah, we're excited about it. Well, to our listeners, we could not have done 100 episodes without you tuning in. And so we thank you so much for the last 100 episodes. We're looking forward to the next 100 episodes uh, that we'll be celebrating down the road. Until next week, as
2: always, keep living good faith.